Imagine Miss Edith, 27, 28 years old. How old was she, Mel? About, hold up your fingers. How old was Miss Edith when she started playing the piano? 27, 28, somewhere like the organ? Had to be, because that was 75 years ago. She's 100 and, 102 now. Were you here then, Mel, when she was playing? No, I don't think. <laughs> just, just checking. Uh, but that's just remarkable to think of somebody whose faithfulness uh, has endured that long and whose passion. We're going to speak of passion tonight and remind you of the passion as we talk about faith. Whose passion would propel her to do that today if she could get here, if you could bring her and prop her up so she could sit up and put her fingers on the keys, she would play. She would play for the glory of God, and uh, she glorifies God every day that she lives, and we ought to be quite proud of her. And I'm proud of all you and your faithfulness, the faithfulness that keeps you coming, and uh, it'll impact somebody's life somewhere down the way. So we just keep doing what we're doing, be strong in the Lord, and be of good courage. Uh, so, and Miss Edith is an inspiration to us. Remember Tuesday. This week is our third week in the 11th chapter of Hebrews. The 11th chapter of Hebrews has a lot in it, and so we're just looking at it to try to sort of walk our way through it and, and uh, see what the Lord is, is saying to us. We began actually in chapter 10. That's where the writer of Hebrews starts talking about faith, and he began by talking about a faith that does not shrink. It does not shrink away in shame because of guilt. It doesn't shrink away in fear because of difficulty. And it doesn't shrink away from obedience because of its assignment. That was number one, faith that doesn't shrink. Last week, we actually began the chapter 11, and we started in those first six verses, and we talked about faith that pleased God because it's laid out there in those first verses. And we saw that faith that pleases God is faith that is sure and certain about God. It believes that He is. It believes He exists. And it's faith that passionately pursues God. Enoch was the example of that. You remember we talked about how Enoch's life took a turn in his 75th year. We talked about why. The only thing we can see is that he became a father in his 75th year. And the Bible says from that point forward, he walked with God every day for 300 years, and then God just took him. He was not. That's what the Bible says. But it also says that he had this testimony that he was pleasing to God. So I would ask you, do you have a passion for God like that? A passion that keeps you serving that keeps you giving, that keeps you singing, that keeps you uh, bearing witness, giving God the glory? Will it keep you, will, it, will, it, will that passion still burn when you're 102 years old? You know, we read about Moses when he was 120. His eye was not dim and his vigor was not abated. He was a man with a passion for God. Now, as we learn about faith, one of the things that we, we understand is faith is not a muscle 
that you use by which you move God into action. We often talk about how strong our faith is as if we have faith muscles, but faith is confidence in God's strength and God's ability. The strength of your faith will always be governed by your vision of God. If you have a, a, a vision of a puny God, you will have a puny faith and you will live and act accordingly. Faith sees God not as God almost, but as God Almighty. And because of that, faith will not shrink. You remember that illustration about the pendulum? Faith will not shrink when the pendulum of difficulty swings its way. So last week we, we looked at 11.1 of Hebrews. I just want to read two of the verses we looked at last week. Chapter 11, verse 1. And in the NIV, I told you that's my favorite uh, translation of that verse. It reads, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. There is a teaching out today, uh, and it comes from the Word of Faith movement. And they teach that faith, based on the King James Version, is a substance that you work with, like modeling clay. And so, but that's not what this verse says at all. It's talking about being sure and certain about God. And if you're sure and certain about God, then that's going to be reflected in the way that you respond to God. Verse 6, without faith it is impossible to please Him, for he who comes to God must believe that He is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Uh, now, we, we, we talk about faith and we talk about uh, mere belief. And the, it can be distinguished. And the Bible distinguishes between the two. You understand that. The Bible distinguishes between faith and belief. And we'll look at one of those, distinguish, uh, that, one of those distinguishing marks in just a minute. But the difference between faith and belief is how it responds to God. So that's what I want us to consider tonight. And the title of the message tonight is How Faith Responds to a Word from God. And so we're going to begin in verse 7, and we're going to look at these verses basically one by one. I'm going to read verse 7 from the New International Version. By faith, Noah when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By faith he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Now, <clears throat> the first characteristic of faith that uh, responds to God's word is, looking at Noah, faith trembles in response to a warning from God. You see here and you know already that Noah didn't build an ark on a whim. He didn't decide one day to build one. Now the people in Kentucky, that I've not been there, some of you have, and you've seen that ark and I hear it's wonderful and I hope to be able to see it one day. But they built one because they wanted to. I'm sure God laid it on their heart, but they didn't really need to build it. They built it because uh, they, they had a desire to honor God, to please God. Noah built it because his life depended on it and the life of his family 
uh, depended on it. He built it because he was terrified by what God told him. In holy fear, he built an ark to save his family. Well, do you think Noah believed in God? Obviously he did. But do you think there was anybody else in the world of Noah's day who believed in God? Obviously uh, there were. But of all those people who believed in God, only Noah trembled at the word of God. Only Noah responded to the word of God. And only Noah and his family were saved. Belief shapes behavior. You say that you believe in God. James, you remember that passage in James chapter 2, verse 19. Here's one of the distinguishing marks between faith and belief. James said, you believe that God is one good. Even the demons believe and they tremble. They tremble at the thought of God, but many of the people who say they believe in God don't tremble in holy fear at the warnings of God. They ignore those warnings. Some of them are ignorant of those warnings because they've not pursued God in his word. They say they believe in God, but they don't have faith in God or in his word. So faith that expresses itself like that of Enoch and Noah in a passion for God also trembles in response to God's word. There, an illustration of that is tonight, if tornado sirens were to suddenly sound, that would be the signal for all of us to move to a place of safety. We tremble at the warnings of men, but we don't tremble at the warnings of God. So by faith, Noah built the ark. He had no evidence that a storm was coming. He wasn't even like Elijah. You know, Elijah sent out his servant when Elijah was, Elijah was praying for rain, and he sent his servant out to look on the horizon to look and see if there was any sign, and he went seven times and there wasn't. And the seventh time he came back and he said, I see a cloud about the size of a man's hand. Noah didn't even have a cloud about the size of a man's hand. All he had was this warning from God. And he was so sure and certain about what God told him that he trembled. And in response to what God said, he spent all those years building that ark. And he warned other people. He told other people what God had told them, but they didn't respond. But Noah was faithful. He just kept on doing what God had called him to do, what God spoke to his heart about. He trembled at this warning from God. Number two, faith obeys a calling from God. Now, number one was faith trembles at a warning from God. Number two, faith obeys a calling from God. And our illustration there is from Abraham. And it's in verse 8. It says, By faith, Abraham, when he was called, went out uh, going to a place. He didn't know where he was going at that point, but he just responded to God. He responded in obedience to the call of God upon his life. Now, one of the most remarkable things about the God that we serve is that he speaks. He speaks. He spoke to men in the past. He still speaks to people today. And if you say, God has never spoken to me, then I think you have a problem. Uh, you need to go to John chapter 8. I believe it's verse 47. Jesus said, uh, one of the reasons you don't hear from God, you don't hear what God is saying, is that you don't belong to God. Those who belong to God hear from God. That's a clear message 
from God's word. God still speaks today. He speaks to people. Now, you know, that doesn't mean that you're going to walk or I don't walk around with a, a hearing device in my ear where I hear God speaking to me every day. But you understand what I mean. God speaks to my heart. And, and there should be a time in your life when God speaks to your heart. And he, he asks you to do something. He prompts you to do something. He has an assignment for you. And you're to obey when God speaks in regard to that. So when God speaks to you, he's absolutely serious about what he wants you to do. Has there ever been a time when, when God said something to you maybe years ago and then uh, you didn't think about it anymore and then one day it hits you right between the eyes and the presence present maybe it's something he wanted you to do and you refused you just sort of left it on the table you laid it there and and didn't do anything about it and then you 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 realize you begin to put two and two together and and you see some things that have happened in your life because of what you didn't do that God wanted you to do back then I don't know if you've got any of those times in your life but I can clearly see some th times in my life when God said do this and I didn't do it and because I didn't do it things didn't turn out very good as a result when God speaks if we obey God is ahead of us in what he wants us to do God knows how it's going to turn out if we are obedient and God also knows how it's going to turn out if we are disobedient I met a man at church some probably 25 years ago now, maybe longer than that. I was preaching a revival. He was there at the revival service. And after the revival one night, he called me on the phone and he told me, uh, he, he was a truck driver, and he told me God had called him to preach. Uh, and he knew that God had called him to preach. But he said, I can't afford to stop driving my truck right now and respond to the call of God. I've got to get some things straight before I can respond to the call of God. Well, he had a wreck in that truck and wound up paralyzed from the waist down and has been a preacher ever since. And I don't know if he's ever wondered, but I've often wondered, what if when God spoke to him, if he had said to God, okay, God, you have called me to preach, I will stop driving my truck today and I will trust you for the rest of the journey. But he didn't. I don't know that that had anything to do with it. But sometimes that has to be in the back of our mind when we don't do what God wants us to do and then bad things happen to us along the way. What if we had simply obeyed God? Abraham simply obeyed God by faith. Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he went, not knowing how things would work out, not knowing what would be out in the future, not knowing what God would do, but just simply trusting God to make a way, even though at that point there probably didn't seem to be logical or feasible for Abraham. God simply said, go to a land which I will show you. Abraham had no navigational device. He had no way of knowing how to get there or what he would find when he did. All God, And he responded to that word of God. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called. Henry Blackaby, in experiencing God, some of you have been through that, he said, the moment God speaks, 
is God's timing. When God speaks to you, that's when he wants you to respond. He doesn't want you to respond two weeks later or two months later. If Abraham had responded later, the window of opportunity to be the man that God wanted him to be might have passed. If Noah had responded later, he and his family might have been lost in the flood. He did what God wanted him to do when God wanted him to do it. I read a story this week about a young man and his family who'd been living comfortably in a rural Texas community where he served as pastor. The church had grown under his leadership and things were going well, but he was from Canada. And he really felt like God wanted him to return to Canada. And so the opportunity, the door opened for him to go back home to Canada, to a little church in British Columbia. Uh, and so the church that contacted him was small. It was struggling to make ends meet. Their attendance had dwindled to only 10 people. And they had merged with another small church that had nine people so that they would be able to afford to call a pastor. And now there were only 19 people. The building was falling apart. Nobody else would talk uh, to them about coming there to serve. This couple thought about the home that they lived in there in Texas. It was a nice home. And they, they pondered the recent renovations that they'd made to the church where they were serving. And they were comfortable there and they were happy there. But they visited that struggling church, and as they went to British Columbia and visited that struggling church, uh, uh, his wife began to cry and ask him, is, is this really what we need to do? But as they prayed, God made it clear to them that he was calling them to go to that struggling church there in Canada. God called, and they obeyed. And even though the church didn't, wasn't really sure that they would be able to pay them that God provided, God blessed that church and that pastor's family, obviously blessed him enough that later he was able to write a book and, and more than one book, and now he serves as the pastor of First Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Georgia. He's, Mel Black, he's uh, Henry Blackaby's son, Mel. Do you know why Abraham obeyed? He obeyed because it was God who was speaking. And he knew once God had spoken, God was absolutely serious about what he, what he said. And God would provide as the journey unfolded. He was just to follow God step by step. And so Abraham also had a wife. And you know, uh, when you do, uh, everybody in the family needs to hear from God. Everybody needs to know that it's God leading. A husband doesn't just need to take off on a tangent and go somewhere and do something without his wife understanding that God has spoken and he needs to give his wife. I found that to be important when I did and, and when I didn't, it didn't turn out very good then either. So we need to always give our wives the opportunity to hear from God and know that this is exactly what God wants us to do, me to do, her to do, us to do as a family. That's critically important. So here is, uh, here is Abraham also having a wife. And so we see in verse 11, faith stands with confidence on the promises of God. Abraham's wife herself had to decide what God was saying and whether God was able to do what he had promised. Do you think God can keep the promises that he made you? 
Can God keep the promises that he's made in his word? Can you stand on these promises? Can you trust your soul into God's hand and the promises he's made you about eternity? Look at verse 11. By faith, even Sarah herself received the ability to conceive even beyond the proper time of life since she considered him faithful who had promised. She considered him faithful who had promised. Now, Sarah was an old woman who had never given birth to a child. But you know the story of Abraham and Sarah. God promised her that she would have a son. And at first, she laughed in disbelief. And then God told Sarah to take a minute to ponder his mighty power. You know, sometimes God tells us to do something, and when we first hear it, we think, that's just unbelievable, that's just impossible. I'm not sure... Even not, not, just, not just individuals make that decision, but sometimes churches make that decision. God speaks and, and we hear what God wants us to do and we see the opportunity that lies before us and we pause and we say, I'm not sure that that, that can be accomplished. That just seems to be too big of an assignment. And so when Sarah first heard this promise from God that she was going to have a baby, well into her 90s, she laughed and said, that's not going to happen. But God had her ponder, and this is what God said to her in Genesis chapter 18, verse 14. He simply said, is anything too difficult for the Lord? That's a pretty good question to ask when God speaks to you. It's something to remember. It's something to think about. God has asked me to do this. I don't know how it's going to work out, but is anything too difficult for the Lord? Is there anything that God can't do? Now, if I have a vision, a puny vision of God, my faith is going to be puny, and I'm not going to respond in faith to what God has said to me. But if I have a vision of a God who is not God almost, but God Almighty, then I'm going to walk forward by faith, trusting God, to do uh, what he has promised. So what do you believe about God? Do you see God as a God with whom nothing is impossible? When God has promised, do you stand with confidence on his promise? When he speaks, do you obey without question? When he warns, do you tremble in holy fear? That's the way faith responds to God. I don't know how God is working in your life right now, and, you know, I hope that collectively God's working in all of our lives because that's usually how he works. He speaks to individuals. Yes, he does. But he speaks to families. He speaks to a couple. He speaks to the family unit. He also speaks to churches collectively. God is saying something to us. God is speaking today. How are we as a church going to respond to the word of God that comes to us. How would God have you to respond tonight? What is it that God wants you to do? What has, been God, what has God been saying to you to which you need to be obedient? Is there a step of obedience that you need to make tonight that you've been delaying, saying, well, I, you know, I don't know about that, but God's made it clear to you. Is it time for you to step out in faith and obey God? in his word. Let's pray.